Welcome to A Word Fitly Spoken, a podcast about Jesus, His Word, and our joy in following Him. I'm Michelle Leslie. And I'm Amy Spreeman. Tonight, we are going to be talking about a topic that's on everybody's minds these days because it touches so many aspects of our lives. COVID, the big C word, and uh, that could be about vaccines, that can be about masks. Uh, You've got a lot of questions, and in this special edition of Glad You Asked, we're going to try to answer them. Yes, emphasis on try there. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, we put out the call on social media for your questions about COVID. And because we have a very intelligent audience of listeners, a lot of you asked some very smart and very detailed questions. So just as a disclaimer before we get started, we need you to understand that neither of us are doctors, pharmacists, chemists, or (laughs) medical experts of any sort, nor are we attorneys or experts in constitutional law. My undergrad degree is in psychology, and I did my master's work in family counseling, and Amy's degree is in journalism. So please understand that anything we say here tonight should not be construed as us giving you medical or legal advice that you should follow. We're giving you our thoughts on your questions based on biblical principles. Yeah, that's right. So uh, the onus is on you. You will have to take what we say and compare it to scripture, pray about it, talk to your husband or your family, and maybe even your pastor about it. And of course, ask God to help you make the wisest, most godly decisions possible. We're also going to put some links on our show notes uh, to the materials uh, about COVID-related issues from other doctrinally sound Christians, just in case you know you'd like to dig into this subject a little further. That's right. Okay, well, here we go, Amy. What's our first question? Well, this one is from an anonymous listener. Uh, She has to remain anonymous. Uh, She came into our Facebook page's private messages and asked this question. My husband and I are both Christians, but differ in our beliefs about receiving the vaccine. He is fully vaccinated, having taken the required two shots, while I am vaccine hesitant, preferring to wait until more studies are conducted on the long-term effects of the vaccine. My husband is very understanding in this regard that it will go against my conscience to receive the vaccine, and he ensures that we follow the guidelines to avoid contracting the virus. Our country is in somewhat of a lockdown with restricted movements between major cities and is going to start with the rollout for vaccines for children from 12 to 17 years old. Our son is 13, and my husband said that he can make the decision for himself on whether he wants to receive it or not. Our son has been learning remotely since April of this year with plans to return to school campus when the next school year begins in January. We just got a notice from the school that the health ministry has visited and advised them of the planned vaccine rollout for the children. They haven't mentioned it explicitly, but I worry that the vaccine may be a requirement to attend face-to-face classes in the new year. My question is, should I push for my son to refrain from taking the vaccine as well, or is this an area where I submit to my husband's lead and allow my son to make the decision for himself? Well, that is such a great question, and thank you so much for asking. Um, 
I would say this, just like with any decision any adult you or I would make, your son needs to get the best information he can to make sure that uh, he's got a a well-thought-out plan here, a decision. Um, And and it has to be one that takes everything into account. And uh, one element of all of this is to know where you both stand and why. Your, Your son needs to know that. And as long as you and your husband are together in unity, then sharing your side for his consideration really isn't pushing, I don't think. Uh, Nor do I believe it's opposing your husband, since you would both be sharing why you came to your different decisions. Now, an important part of the decision-making process for Christians, of course, is prayer. So I would encourage you both to present all the facts to your son, talk about why you made the decisions that you did, and then the three of you together pray to the Lord for wisdom. Remind your son that in his case, there's still plenty of time and that there's no need for a snap decision. Michelle, uh, anything to add? Yeah, I would agree with with everything that you said. The only thought that I had was, and I don't know what country this lady is in and if this is even possible in her country, but something you may want to consider is, uh, at least our American listeners might want to consider, is pulling their children out of school if if the vaccine is an issue uh, with your children's schooling and being in public school. So, you know, you may want to consider homeschooling. A lot of people think that they can't do it, but really um, most people, you know, if they give it a try and figure some things out financially, a lot of people really can do that. And we recorded an issue on uh, or an episode on homeschooling. uh, I think it was earlier this year, maybe possibly last year. But anyway, if you'll if you'll go to a word fitly spoken dot life and put homeschool in the search bar, you'll find that and maybe you can get some encouragement to, to think about that. Well, yeah, I was going to add in one thing. Um, I just heard on the news the other day that uh, the public school system in 2020 lost 1.5 million students wow. to homeschooling. Parents have decided for one reason or another that, uh, and homeschooling has wow. doubled. Uh, so um, I thought that was a very interesting statistic. COVID certainly had some things to do with it, possibly, uh, at least in the United States where we are, some of the... Uh, indoctrination certainly had some things to do with it too. So um, very interesting. Yeah, I think that's, you know, there have been some positive things that have come out of COVID. And that's one of them is the increase in homeschooling. I mean, um, studies have shown that even, you know, even non-Christians who homeschool, their kids do better than being in public school. So it really is something to strongly consider, uh, especially for Christians when we, there are so many things besides COVID going on in public schools that your kids really should not be exposed to. So that's really something to to consider if if that's a possibility for you. Well, a few other listeners had a question that's that's kind of related to the one that the first uh, listener asked, and it's this: My husband and I have very different positions on masking, getting the vaccine ourselves, having our children get the vaccine, whether or not we should return to church, and all of those things that go along with COVID. As a godly wife, do I have to submit to his position or his decisions on these things? 
Well, this is, I know it's a really tough one, especially if your husband isn't saved. And I know that's the case for some of our listeners. And it's also tough because, you know, we can't give you a blanket, definite yes or no answer on this because every marriage is unique and your particular disagreement with your particular husband is unique to your particular marriage. So generally speaking, here are some things that I would advise as you work through this with your husband. Number one, just like Amy said a minute ago, pray and pray hard. Ask the Lord to give you wisdom to know how best to submit to your husband. Because submission is a command that we're to obey. And we don't just toss it aside when things get hard. I mean, submission is for those hard times. I mean, if your husband says, you know, tomorrow I want you to sleep late and eat candy bars while watching movies all day, and that's what you wanted to do anyway, that's not submission. Submission is when it's hard and when you disagree. So ask for wisdom to, about how best to submit to your husband. Ask God to change your heart and your mind in any way that he wants to and pray the same thing for your husband and ask God to help the two of you to come to a peaceable agreement that you can both in good conscience live with. Number two, you should both study the issue using reliable sources and share your findings with each other so that you can study each other's findings. You may find yourself convinced by what he's learned, or he might find himself convinced by what you've learned. Number three, you should talk this out calmly, lovingly, and humbly, and try to, like I just said, come to a peaceable agreement that you can both in good conscience live with. I heard from one lady who told me that she and her husband did exactly that. They they disagreed about some things about COVID and they sat down and talked it out and she agreed to do A, B, and C for him and he agreed to do X, Y, and Z for her. It, it can be done with God's help. Number four, if you can't work things out on your own, set up an appointment with your pastor or an ACBC certified biblical counselor to get some help. Number five, trust the Lord. As you come to an agreement together, there may be some things that you need to compromise on that you're not 100% thrilled about. Remember Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Remember 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And then remember Matthew six twenty-five through 34, and I'm just going to give you a few thoughts from that passage like this one. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Another one is, which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his lifespan? That's a good one to remember about COVID. And finally, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And then finally, number six, here's a thought to stick in your back pocket and pull out when you need reminding. Your marriage is more important than COVID. Amy, is there anything else that you'd like to add? 
Well, you know, once again, I'm in full agreement with your take on this one, Michelle. Um, and uh, ladies, we don't come together ahead of time and, and talk about what each of us is going to talk about. So um, it, it's, it's, I'm always amazed at how uh, we tend to agree with each other. Um, but it's really very important to look at Scripture and apply it to our lives. Unfortunately, there are some people, even celebrity Christian leaders, who are using Scripture in, a, can I just say, a manipulative way. Yes. And now, several of you asked this question, and so this is a good example. What do you say to people who say it's unloving not to get the vaccine? I hear people citing Philippians 2 verses 3 and 4 to back this up, but I don't agree. Would love to hear your thoughts. Okay, so several of you wanted to know. Let's start by reading that passage. Um, I'm going to use the English Standard Version. Um, That's the one that I have. And this is the Apostle Paul, and he writes, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Seat, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So in context, this verse before uh, says this, and it's uh, in my Bible, it's titled Christ's Example of Humility. And here's, here's the verse before and after. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Now the verse following that passage says this, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord, to the glory of God the Father. I just love that passage, Michelle. So you can see that in this extended reading that I just did um, of this passage that we're not really talking about vaccines, are we? We're not talking about being morally right or wrong about vaccines, nor is Paul saying that by getting a vaccine, you are loving your neighbor. The point of this passage is Jesus. It's, it's humility, not about righteousness and not about sin. This is an area, the vaccines are anyway, of freedom to decide. And then we need to pray for humility and wisdom to be loving. So there's a big push right now, pressure even, for Christians to take that vaccine if they truly love their neighbor. So they're they're being told that this verse needs to be used uh, so that they will do this. And we're seeing very influential Christians, uh, especially uh, those who would be more on the left or progressive Christians, saying things like, white evangelical Christians are resistant because they don't love their neighbor, or that it's an information and spiritual problem. We're all being duped, and we're not willing to love our neighbors enough. What a shame, they'll say. You know, ladies, that's an incredible leap and not the gospel at all. It really is legalism. And we need to ask ourselves, what does God's word require and how is this applied to our lives? That's right. And I want to add here that Sandy, one of our followers on Instagram, um, she wrote in and commented, 
Theologian Martin Luther lived through a plague outbreak. In a letter titled, Whether One May Flee from a Deadly Plague, he wrote this, I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order not to become contaminated and thus perchance infect and pollute others and so cause their death as a result of my negligence. Sandy said that Luther was a devout believer, but insisted that religious faith had to be joined with practical physical defenses against sickness. It was a good Christian's duty to work to keep themselves and others safe rather than relying solely on the protection of God. Yeah, thanks for writing in too, Sandy. And uh, that may well be the conclusion of some of our listeners uh, today. And uh, you know, and and you'll you're gonna you might come to that conclusion yourself, just the same as Martin Luther did way back then. So, in other words, if you want to take the vaccine and wear a mask because you want to see your eighty-five-year-old mother and she's not comfortable being around the unvaccinated, that's fine. Do it if you're convicted. But to apply your convictions to all of Christendom, Christendom, to say you know that not taking the vaccine is being disobedient to Scripture, that's alarming to me. You know, this is a matter of liberty, ladies. Don't fall for this pressure. Have the maturity to know that this is not a primary issue spelled out in scripture and that there is room to have unity around the gospel and not around the vaccine. Using the scriptures as a weapon to coerce, that's sowing seeds of disunity. Uh, Michelle, your thoughts on that? You're so totally right on all of that, Amy. You know, it's interesting, last week on our episode about the tone police, we um we talked about the passage in i think it's in ephesians about speaking the truth in love and how that is yeah. you know the tone police use that that phrase out of context because that passage is really about christian maturity it's not about using a loving tone and it's the same thing that you were just talking about here with this philippians passage that's it's about humility it's not about loving your neighbor it's about humility and so this is a an opportune teaching moment to remind our our listeners that it's so important that we read scripture in context if you hear a some evangelical saying well scripture says this and this is what it means you need to hide tail it over to that passage in your Bible, look it up and read it completely in context. Understand the context of the book, understand the context of the chapter that it's in, understand the, you know, its immediate context right where it is in the middle of that chapter. So always, you know, context, context, context is so, so important. And then the other thing that I just wanted to add is that, you know, this whole love your neighbor thing, I only see that going one way. It is only the pro-vax, pro-mask, pro-isolation people using this love your neighbor thing to get their way. I mean, when was the last time you heard someone say that you're not loving your neighbor if you get the vaccine? Or that you're not loving your neighbor if you wear a mask? Or that you're not loving your neighbor if you social distance? When are the pro-mask, pro-vax, pro-isolation people going to practice what they preach and love their neighbors by doing what their neighbors want them to do? You know, what's good for the goose is good for the ganders. It's just something to think about. Yeah, I, I've never heard that. On that <laughs> yeah, side, I haven't so. either. 
<laughs> yeah. But, you know, it is possible for people on both sides of the issue to actually love our neighbors, not by using scripture as a weapon, but by obeying what scripture teaches us about how to love our neighbors. Listen to what Ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 through 3 says. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Holy Spirit in the bond of peace. So that is how we are to love one another. But why don't we make it a little more personal? Those of you who follow us probably know by now that Michelle and I agree on a lot of issues, most of them, in fact. And we, I will say, definitely agree that vaccines are not a gospel issue that we should be dividing over. But you should know that on this issue, we both, full confession here, we both made different decisions for ourselves. And, and I think it's good to share why so that you can see uh, you know, that we've both prayerfully and practically made the best decisions for ourselves. And that doesn't mean one of us is sinning and the other is an angel either. Um, so here we go. I personally, because of my heart condition, many of you know, I had open heart surgery a year ago and I still have that genetic condition that caused it. And because I have very susceptible lungs uh, to anything, really, uh, after talking with my cardiologist and listening to what he had to say and my primary care doc, and uh, also knowing the dangers for me personally that a ventilator would pose, I chose to get the vaccine. It doesn't mean that I'm a scaredy cat or that I don't trust God. I, and I do have mad respect for those of you who are refusing to get vaccinated. Uh, and if I did not have these conditions and, and at my age, I probably would be right there with you. Yeah, Amy, I didn't even know that you had gotten the vaccine until we started working on this episode. I mean, that's how much I care yeah. about other people's decisions, whether or not to get the vaccine. I've, for myself, I've chosen not to get the vaccine because I have natural immunity from having had COVID about a year ago, last October, I think it was. And unlike you, I don't have any health problems that would put me at higher risk for complications from COVID. And I know that some of our listeners are probably thinking, yes, but you could catch a variant. Well, yeah, but a lot of people who have been vaccinated are catching either the original strain or a variant anyway. And a lot of people have suffered some pretty bad side effects from the vaccine itself, including, uh, you know, permanent disabilities, heart and lung injuries, and even death. And I just, you know, to my way of thinking, I just figure I would rather risk only the complications from catching a variant of COVID itself, rather than risk the complications from COVID and the complications from the vaccine. And then there's the idea that if, if you get the vaccine and still catch COVID, your symptoms will be milder than they would be if you didn't get the vaccine. And my response to that is, on a case-by-case -case basis, which is what I am and what you are and what every individual is, on a case-by-case -case basis, how do you know that? How do you know that you personally would have had a milder case of COVID with the vaccine than without? I mean, trying it one way and then going back in time and trying it the other way and comparing the two is not an experiment anybody has the ability to perform. 
So that's where I am on it. And that's where Amy is on it. And hey, look at us. You know, it's not an issue. And we're still friends and sisters in Christ who love each other. That's right, my friend. And it should be that way for all of us brothers and sisters in Christ, whether you are for being vaccinated, against being vaccinated, we should not be tearing people down who have a different take. And as image bearers who represent our Lord and carry his light, if you are unfairly judging people or shunning them or getting into fights, just stop it. If you don't agree with my decision uh, to get a vaccine, that's fine. Now, if you don't agree with Michelle's decision, that's fine too. Oh, you thought I was going to say the other thing. <laughs> but if either of us has suddenly lost your respect because of what we did, well, there's your blinking warning light and it's time to look under the hood and um, get that fixed. Absolutely. Well, our next question is from Miyoshi on Instagram. And she says this, what about church attendance? If the government says don't, do we obey? Or if our church is open, do we stay home out of caution or fear? So if your government prohibits your church from meeting, should you obey the government or meet anyway? Well, let's see what scripture has to say. This is Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. We probably all got this passage memorized by now, but here's what it says. <laughs> and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. That's Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. Okay, so God says we're to meet together. Your government says not to. Who are you going to obey? It's, it's not complicated for Christians. God is our ultimate authority, not man. And I would just remind us that this instruction in Hebrews was originally given to the first century church, which was under the Roman Empire. And if you know anything about history, you know that the Roman Empire, this was the Roman Empire, which martyred 11 of the disciples and Paul by crucifixion, beheading, being speared, stoned, being beaten to death, and various other gruesome forms of torture and death. This is the Roman Empire under which Nero used Christians as torches to light his garden parties and blamed Christians for the burning of Rome. This is the Roman Empire that threw Christians to the lions. That's the government the church was under when these instructions in Hebrews were written. And God knew that's the kind of government they had, and he gave those instructions anyway. Think about our brothers and sisters in North Korea and China, where they're hauled off to labor camps or worse for meeting together. Think about what happened in Afghanistan, for crying out loud. Their new government is going door to door, killing Christians. So for the last 2,000 years, governments have made it illegal for local churches to meet together, usually with much harsher consequences than we'll ever face in America. And the church has met anyway because God said so, and because we need each other. You know, we just love to read the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and admire their, their courage for defying an unlawful edict from a pagan king when they knew they would face certain death for it. You don't think they were afraid? There was nearly a 100% chance that they would die for, dis for obeying God. You obey God and go to church? there's nearly a 100% chance that you'll live. Our God whom we serve 
is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But even if he does not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. That's Daniel three seventeen through 18. Where's our courage like that? Where's our resolve like that? If your church has been closed more than it's been open in the last year and a half, I'm sorry, but you don't have a church. You need to find or help plant a new one, a good doctrinally sound one. And we'll put a link from my blog in the show notes to help you with that. If your church is open, it's perfectly fine to take whatever reasonable precautions are necessary in order for you to attend, even if that means you medically have to miss a few Sundays here and there. But generally speaking, Christians should be in church. If you've been staying home the majority of the time, you need to seriously and prayerfully examine your heart before God and figure out whether you're letting fear control your life and drive your decisions or whether trusting God controls your life and drives your decisions. And that's not something Amy or I can evaluate because we don't know your heart. We don't know your situation. That's something you'll have to figure out by getting alone with the Lord, being prayerful and being honest with the Lord. But don't live in fear. We serve a fear not God who is sovereign over every single moment of our lives. If it's in God's plan for your life to get COVID, you're going to get it no matter how many precautions you take. If it's not in God's plan for you to get COVID, you won't get it no matter how careless you are, which of course is not to say that it's okay to be careless because that's not being a good (laughs) steward of the body God gave you. But God is going to have his way in your life. He is in control over when you die and what you die from. And you can't change that. So trust him. Trust him with your life. What other choice do you have? Amy, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I'm sensing a theme here in trusting in the Lord and that he is sovereign. Absolutely. And I hope, ladies, that you're hearing that, too. Um, And it's so interesting um, because I'm hearing more and more of people asking that same question. And just this week, I I heard from a good friend of mine who has been trying to exhort another friend she has uh, that her decision to stay home from church is unbiblical. And my friend is handling this conversation beautifully. It's going really well. And I would just say, if you have a loved one who is been avoiding church, it is time to ask her some questions about why, and then share some of these verses that Michelle just shared about why it's important not to fear and not to avoid fellowshipping. And let's talk about God's sovereignty in these circumstances. If fear is the reasons that that they're staying home, Christians really should have no reason to fear death. We know what's next. God has already ordained Amen. your very first day on this planet, your first birthday. Birthday, and believe it or not, he has already ordained your final breath before you enter into his presence. So like Michelle said, you can trust him for all the days that you have and use them for his glory. All right. Yes, here is our next question. And we have had several of you wonder whether the vaccine is the mark of the beast, or at least a, maybe a trial run, a dipping a toe in that will uh, pave the way for convincing Christians to maybe eventually accept the real mark of the beast that's coming in the future. Now, there is a lot of mystery surrounding this uh, mark of the beast. We don't know a lot of the details. Uh, and this is a, a prophecy that is yet to be fulfilled in the future. 
So in the Bible, you're going to find the mark of the beast mentioned several places, but mostly in Revelation uh, chapter 13, verses 15 through 18. I'm not going to read it right now, but uh, you know there are other references, and we're going to put all those links in the show notes. But what we do know is that the mark is some sort of a visible seal for the followers of Antichrist and uh, his false prophet. The false prophet is the one who causes people to take this mark. Uh, it's not going to be found in our bloodstream, and it's not going to be found, uh, you know, like on a vaccination card of some kind, as far as what scripture says it is. Uh, the Bible says that this is a mark that is literally placed in the hand or forehead, and it's visible, and it's a symbol that you willingly would take. Now, in the future, even if, let's just say that um, the governor, uh, you know, the government invents uh, like a medical microchip or something with your vaccine information on it, that still doesn't make it the mark of the beast, according to what we just learned in scripture. The mark of the beast will be an end times kind of an ID required by the Antichrist in order to buy or sell, and it's going to be visible, like we said, either on your hand or your forehead, and it will be given only to those who worship the Antichrist. Now, the vaccine, on the other hand, is not worn on the hand or the forehead. Uh, a vaccination card does not identify you as a follower of the beast, and the mark of the beast will not be enforced in real life until the Antichrist has come into power and has begun persecuting Christians during the Great Tribulation, and we're not uh, in that yet. So as far as Christians, though, being worried that they're being primed to more easily accept a future mark of the beast, well, maybe, but here's something to think about. The mark of the beast is all about submission. Now, some of you are probably thinking that getting the vaccine is also about submitting to some fear or social pressure or to government tyrants. Uh, Michelle and I really don't believe that this is the case, as we've already talked about the vaccine being a choice for Christians and that there is freedom in choosing to do that. It's not a salvation issue. However, in order to accept the mark of the beast, on the other hand, a true Christian would have to reject Christ. So we're talking really about two very different things. Uh, Michelle, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think you explained it really well, Amy. I, I think um, there seem to be a lot of Christians who are worried about this or have questions about this. Yeah. And what you the bottom line is what you need to know is if you are a genuinely regenerated Christian, a believer in Christ, he's got you, you know, you're, you're not yeah. going to, uh, he's, he's got you sealed and he's got you in the palm of his hand and no one can snatch you out of his hand. And that's it. You don't really have to worry about this mark of the beast thing. I mean, you might be concerned about, uh, unsaved friends and loved ones and everything, but at least as yes. far as yourself, you don't have to worry about that. That is not something that can be forced upon you. It's like Amy said, it's connected with worshiping the the Antichrist and and all of that. And if you're not doing that, then you you know you don't have the mark of the beast, and you don't have to worry about taking yeah. it. So rest easy and don't worry about that. Just make sure that you do know the gospel and you do believe the true biblical gospel. And we have a resource for that. If you're interested in it at a word fitly spoken dot life, you can go and click on the good news tab and just be absolutely certain that you know the gospel and you believe the biblical gospel. 
Amen. Okay. Our last question comes from uh, a Facebook user named Reformed Berean. And she or he or she says, why do a lot of politicians on both sides say that the vaccine works when there have been quite a few cases of people catching the virus after being vaccinated and even dying? Well, the simple answer to that is because this isn't just about a disease. You know, I'm, I'm no conspiracy theorist, but look at this virus compared to any other outbreak of a disease in the last 30, 40, 50, 100 years. I mean, look at the controversy with this one. Look at the governmental coercion. Look at the agenda pushing. Look at the complete detachment from reality and some of the arguments that are being made, even from doctors and other medical professionals. Something fishy is going on here, and it doesn't even take a Christian to see it. In the past couple of days, I've stumbled across two different posts from local news stations. I I didn't go looking for these. They just showed up in my news feed. One was my local news station here in Baton Rouge, and the other one was out of Detroit. Now, the Detroit one was wanting to do a story on unvaccinated people who had died of COVID. So they were asking for people to comment if they knew someone who was unvaccinated who had died of COVID so they could be interviewed. Um, The Baton Rouge one was a story about a lady who had been vaccinated and allegedly caught COVID from someone who wasn't vaccinated and she eventually died. And the comment section on both of those posts was filled with hundreds, I mean, literally hundreds, maybe thousands of people saying things like, how about some news stories about all the people who have died or been injured by the vaccine? Or if the vaccine works, how did this lady catch COVID? You know, people know something is up. And if, you know, if you look at who's for mandates and who's against them, And it's largely liberals who are for mandates and conservatives who are against them. And then you see video after video and picture after picture of all these politicians who are pushing so hard to force you to wear masks and they're not wearing masks themselves. There's a double standard. That's why politicians are saying how safe and effective the vaccine is, despite thousands of dead and injured people and people who have gotten COVID anyway, who prove that assertion to be false. There's something else going on here. It's not just the disease itself. I'm not saying the disease isn't real. Of course it's real. I had it. I know it's real. But there's something else going on here besides just the disease. There's some sort of agenda. And the commoners are getting wise to it. And they're starting to point and yell that the emperor has no clothes. Amy, any thoughts to add on that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, every once in a while, my, my blood will boil when watching yes. some of these news stories. And uh, I, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist either. But you know what? It is super obvious to a lot of people that even though there are you know well-meaning people who believe that these forced mandates will help, they won't. This really is, like Michelle said, this is about something else. When top government celebrity leaders demand one thing and then they don't follow their own rules, or when uh, the news media holds up one guy as the medical expert of the world, who's, by the way, medical advice flip-flops on a dime, and who, by the way, is heavily financially invested in the vaccine industry for profit, 
when numbers are being inaccurately reported, as we've seen, when none of these experts are pushing for diet and physical fitness improvement, when there's no protocol for properly disposing of these allegedly COVID-infected masks, uh, when an airplane has to turn around mid-flight and kick a family off for having an asthmatic toddler who can't wear a mask, when people are being threatened with losing their jobs for not taking the jab, uh, what did I miss, Michelle? Yeah, that's <laughs> some people just know that something ain't right. Yeah, it's it is just really crazy. It's like people have lost their minds. I mean, you and yes. I are old enough to remember, you know, growing up when people were mostly sane, you know, and you could yeah. have logical conversations <laughs> with people and and the news pretty much reported the truth and yeah. Um, you know, maybe we're being a little idealistic, but it just seemed so more normal uh back when we were growing up and teenagers and college and stuff like that. And the world just seems to have lost its ever-loving mind uh, on a lot of this COVID stuff and other things as well. But I mean, Oh my goodness. Yes. It's just, and it's so maddening when we see the hypocrisy and the double standards, especially the double standards, like for the elite governmental leaders and whatnot, uh, you know, compared with us, you know, plebeians <laughs> that, you know, we have to grovel and whatever to, to just to live our lives. So yeah, it's, it's frustrating. It doesn't make any sense. And something else is definitely going on here. Well, and if even if you you're like me and you've uh, gotten rid of cable three years ago and you um, don't really watch the evening news because that'll that'll bring your blood pressure right up. Yeah. Um, but you just have to look in your own backyard to see how people are being impacted by this. Um, I I now have three friends, uh, each in different areas of the medical industry, who are being threatened with job loss if they do not take uh, the vaccine if if they don't accept it. And and they these three ladies do do not want to do this. And uh, one of them, uh, just a couple weeks ago, I learned that, that she had to have a note from our pastor um, kind of, you know, to apply for an exemption. And so, and, and which she may or may not get. Um, this is ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. Uh, and, and it's going to tank our economy no matter what happens here uh, with all of these job losses. So, And that's just one tiny little facet of, a, of this huge thing that's going on. So um, I, I would just say to our listeners, you know what? Uh, stay faithful to the Lord. Keep looking up and uh, keep looking down at your Bible on your lap. Hopefully it's open and you can uh, you can depend on his word to tell you the truth always. Yes, absolutely. And we didn't really get to talk about none of our, our listeners really asked about uh, the religious exemptions that are that are starting to roll out and, and be available. But, um, you know, if you have a question about that, I would really just talk to your pastor about it and, and yeah. see if you can, you know, see if you can take advantage of that. Because um, if nothing else, we need to kind of reflects flex our first amendment rights and and make sure that we still retain those you know our freedom of religion and our our right to live our lives according to our consciences as they're informed by scripture so really consider you know if you have the opportunity to take a religious exemption to something that you don't agree with about this really consider doing that 
Amen. Yeah, those freedoms that we that we thought we'd always have are going away quickly, it seems, and our, our country is shape-shifting into something that uh, most of us don't recognize anymore. But uh, the good news is still the good news, and so we want to leave you on that note. And uh, I think it's time to wrap up this episode of A Word Fitly Spoken. Um, more conversations about this to come. Don't forget to check out the resources in our show notes, because we're going to put a lot of notes in there, scripture verses for you to reflect on. Um, and we'll have those uh, godly perspectives on COVID-related issues from others as well. Visit our website, awordfitlyspoken.life. To, uh, you can support us uh, on PayPal or Patreon while you're there too. And uh, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star rating or a positive review of some sort on your favorite podcast platform. That helps get the word out a little bit more to more people. And until next time, take care of yourself and be eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace and walk worthy. Mm-hmm.